We were reciting Sutul Al-Kahf in Salat Al-Fajr. And it has been my practice, um, as long as I've been here, that every single Salat Al-Fajr that I personally lead, um, I continue the Qur'an every single time. So we just, I just don't randomly choose from around the Qur'an, but I continue the Qur'an. And Alhamdulillah, like this, I have finished uh, two, three times the entire Qur'an. So right now, again, we start from Surah Al-Baqarah. We're coming all the way now. We're in Surah Al-Kahf. And today, I just want to take this opportunity to explain exactly some beautiful uh, nuances of Surah Al-Kahf. First of all, is that what's interesting to note is that, as mentioned uh, before, and we have heard before, that to recite the beginning ayat of Surah Al-Kahf, it protects a person from the fitna of Dajjal. We've heard this before so many times. But what's sort of like, you know, the question that, does, that someone may ask is, that why would this protect us from Dajjal when there is not a single place in Surah Al-Kahf <clears throat> where there is a mention of Dajjal? See, in Surah Yusuf, there is mention of Yusuf alayhi salam. In Surah Yunus, there is mention of Yunus alayhi salam. In Surah Anbiya, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about multiple prophets because the word Anbiya means prophets. But isn't it sort of like mind-boggling a little that this surah, we read it to protect us from the fitna of Dajjal, whereas there is not a single mention of Dajjal at all in the surah. Why? It's because the, there are four stories mentioned in the surah, and all four of them are connected to Dajjal. The very first story is about these young men who went into the cave to protect their iman, to protect their faith. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that there is something called a fitna of kufr. There is a trial of iman that a person has to go through. And we all know this, as Allah says even in the Quran, Alif la meem ahasiban nasu an yutraku an yakulu amanna wa hum la yuftanun. There is always, in every single era of Muslims, every person is going to be put to test and put to challenges to test their iman, to test the veracity of their iman. How much are they really committed to their iman? The next story that we find is a man of two gardens that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that Allah gave this man and what did he do? Instead of thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he was unthankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what we learn from this story is that there is something called a fitna of mal and fitna of wealth. And today we live in a world such as this. Today, how many people have become corrupted? How many people have changed their ways just because it comes to a temporary gain? How many times we cheat each other? How many times we, you know, there is uh, unfaithfulness in our businesses? And when it comes to making money, why? Because we're just looking for a temporary gain. Then the third story is a story of Musa alayhi salam in Khadr. That he, when he was asked, Man a'lamun nas, when who is the most knowledgeable of all the people? He said, I am Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said, Musa alayhi salam along with Yusha ibn Nun on a journey to go in, see and be with Khadr. And not only that, but experience multiple events. And so this story teaches us that there is something called a fitna of ilm. And this is a reality also that today there are many people who are knowledgeable. There are some who use their knowledge to benefit other people. But there are some people who use their knowledge to gain advantage over others, to deceive mankind. And I remember subhanAllah, my teacher, he was, once he was teaching us, he said that every single major fitna, even when it comes to a religion, when it comes to religion, you'll always see that it's always a person at the top of the chain who claims that they had knowledge. 
And so it starts with knowledge, and we see all over the world today, subhanAllah, you go to our, you know, our Muslim countries, you know, how many people are deceiving others? Why? I have knowledge. And, you know, this is how it goes. So there is a fitna of ilm. And then finally, we find the story of Dhul Qarnayn. And that story teaches us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him immense amount of power and authority. And there is something called the fitna of authority. And there are people who misuse their authority today in the world that we live in. So what's interesting to note is that if you look at all these four stories, all of them, they are, they are connected to Dajjal. Because Dajjal also, when he comes on earth, he will use his, first of all, he would put, he would test everyone's iman. We know this from the hadith of Prophet Sallallahu Don't want to go into all this hadith, but we know that when the time of the Jal comes and when he will come, the biggest test for everyone will be to maintain their iman. Another thing that we find about Dajjal is that he will use the wealth that he has to deviate mankind. He will use his knowledge to deviate mankind. And finally, Allah will give him authority on earth for a certain amount of time and he will use that authority to deviate mankind. So in essence, he's going to use all these four things that we learn, the essence of these four stories, he's going to use them to deviate mankind. And this is why Allah subhanahu, or this is why we learn from our hadith of Prophet that we read this surah to protect ourselves from the fitna of Dajjal. Okay? So now that we understand that, the next thing I do want to mention is that you look at all these four stories, and you know, someone may even ask, and I've had you know, even youth come to me at times and they say that, okay, I understand, this is what the Prophet has said, but there's a, there's a, a fairly good chance that we may not even see Dajjal, for example. Okay? We may not even see Dajjal. So then do I have to actually read this surah or not? And you know, I came across a quote of a, of a, of a scholar who said something very beautiful. He says that Dajjal is a fitna. No doubt. He's a fitna. But likewise, we live today in a world, even though we may not see Dajjal, we may not even experience Dajjal, and I pray to Allah that we don't ever experience Dajjal. His fitna is so severe that very few people are going to be saved from his fitna, and I pray to Allah that our, all of us sitting over here, if we may not be here, our upcoming generations, may Allah protect our children, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our upcoming generations. I ask this from the bottom of my heart, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept this dua of ours, Amin Rabbil Alameen. So, the question is that then if we don't even see Dajjal, then why do we have to read this? And the answer is that we are going through so many other fitnas in this dunya. And if you look at all the chaos that is taking place on earth, it will fall into one of these four fitna categories. Think about it. Every single chaos, either it will come down to godlessness. Today we live in a society of godlessness. We live today in a society where our iman, the iman of our children is being put to test every single day. When we talk about atheism, when we talk about deism and so many other, you know, these isms that are out there, they're putting our children's iman and our iman to test. You look at all the chaos that's happening it's always something's going to have to do with money. It's going to have to do with knowledge. And it's going to have to do with authority. And so Allah, so in, in essence, what the scholar said was that if we read this surah, insha'Allah, and we reflect on the stories of this surah, insha'Allah, then hopefully we will be able to protect ourselves from these other fitnas that are occurring in this dunya right now. Because 
yes, Dajjal is a certain Dajjal. It's a certain fitna. But the word, the, the word Dajjal means someone who extremely deceives someone. Someone who's an extreme liar. And so when you say something like that, today we live in a world of many people who lie, people who deceive others. So these are different shades of Dajjal. And so if we read this surah, inshallah, it will protect us from all the other fitnas that are occurring. Now, finally, I do want to mention is that in each of these stories, see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he told us that these are challenges that are going to come your way. But Allah also gave us the antidote. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us a prescription. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us a solution to all this. Think about it. In the story of these young men who went and they sought refuge in the cave, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about the trial of iman, that we're, our iman is going to be put to test. What's the solution? How can we help ourselves? Allah mentioned, I just recited in Suratul Fajr, وَاصْبِرْ نَفْسَكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَدَاتِ وَالْعَشِيِّ يُرِيدُونَ وَجْعَةً To be in the company of those who remind you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you want to protect yourself, and this is something that comes, you know, it's very common with the young men of our, and the young women of our community and all over the world, is that they love to be connected to others. You will always see Today, in fact, it has gone even a notch higher that today we live in a social media world that we have more virtual friends than we have actual friends. It's, it's something that we live through. So youth and young men and young women, they love to be connected to others. Allah is telling us that if you want to be connected to others, be connected to those who remind you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then in the next uh, in the uh, the next story, the fitna of mal, Allah subhanahu wa gave that man two gardens. At the end of that story, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he reminds us about the akhirah. He says, Al-Malu wal Banuna Zinatul Hayat Dunya Wal Baqiyatul Salihat Khairun Inda Rabbika Thawaban Wa Khairun Amala. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us that yes, you have this dunya, but it's a temporary life. You focus on the hereafter. Khairun Inda Rabbika. It is more preferable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what you do in the akhirah is better than what we do in this for, uh, for this dunya. And then the next story of Musa alayhi salam, where he went on this journey of knowledge. In that story, we learn. What do we learn from that is making sure that just like Musa Islam, he went and he was humble before Khadr. And so we also, when it comes to knowledge, we be humble also. We also learn from that story. And subhanAllah, I, 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 when I, I, say, I, I say this with, without any exaggeration, that I've come across you know, documents, 20, 25 pages just written on the subject of this story of this story Musa al-Khadr and how many lessons not even the story not the tafsir just lessons to be learned from this story and one of the key lessons is number one we have tawadu' we have this humbleness when it comes to knowledge I don't know I'm always a student of knowledge there are many scholars I, subhanAllah I'll be honest with you there are many scholars of the past that whenever they would write their name they would write at-talib that they're constantly a student of knowledge, even though they are ulama, but they will always write talib because they are always a student of knowledge. And another thing that we learn is to always go to the teacher. Always go to someone and seek knowledge. Today, we want to sit at home, check Google, and get all of our answers and so forth. But the, the best way to acquire knowledge is to go 
to the person. Just like we say that a, a thirsty man goes to the well, likewise, a person who wants to truly acquire knowledge, they actually go to the person who has knowledge. And finally, the story of Dhul Qarnayn. He had power, he had authority, and he, alhamdulillah, used that power and authority to help other people. And he used that power and authority in the right way. And at the end of the surah, Allah subhanahu talks about that making sure that you understand that I may have power but there is another one who has the ultimate power. And if I do not use my power correctly, then Allah will take that power away. And not only that, but there has to be a level of ikhlas when we have that authority, if we have authority in any capacity at all. So once again, I talked about how these four stories are connected to the Dajjal. I talked about these four stories, how they're connected to every single fitna that is happening on earth. And then the last thing I just mentioned right now is that these four stories, there's a fitna with every single one of these stories. And Allah subhanahu has given us the solution and has given us a remedy how to stay away from those fitnas. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from amongst those that we are protected from these fitnas. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us steadfast upon our iman. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do not not ever test us in a way that is beyond our capacity. Ameen Rabbil Alameen. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.